Diaz from San Gervasi. This is the Rorschach Spain update from the 13th of April, 2023. Quick summary of what's going down in Spain. Kicking off, the government sent a stern letter to the Spanish transport infrastructure company Ferro Vial ahead of the shareholders meeting on Thursday the 13th. The meeting on Thursday is to determine whether the merger will go through if Ferro Vial will have its headquarters moved to the Netherlands. Ferrovial has been adamant about moving because legal structures in Spain prevent Spanish companies from negotiating shares directly on the U.S. stock market, or so they say. In contrast, the Amsterdam stock exchange is more open, at least according to the company. However, Secretary of State for the Economy refused this thesis, ensuring that no regulatory obstacles prevent Spanish companies from listing on the U.S. stock exchanges so that the merger is questionable. Nevertheless, the government has determined that the merger is stopped and has extended a hand, provided they remain listed in Spain, guaranteeing that if there is any impediment to its listing on the U.S. stock exchange, they will make whatever legislative changes are necessary to remove obstacles. Another year, another looming tax declaration period. To break it down, this means anyone who is a resident for tax purposes has to pay personal income tax, called IRPF standing for Impuesto sobre la Renta de las Personas Físicas. The filing portal is now open online via phone from the 5th of May and face-to-face from the 1st of June. The deadline for submissions closes on the 30th of June, referring to tax generated by the 31st of December, 2022. There's some surprises for those who have been granted one-off bursaries this year is the tax agency has confirmed that the single check of 200 euros for low-income households, the money used from the youth cultural bonus and youth rental bonus of 250 euros per month, are being considered as taxable earnings. Thus, they are taxable under personal income tax, provided the receiver is obliged to submit a statement if they earn more than 22,000 annually. There's also quite a few changes for the 2023 form, like higher taxes for larger savings and capital income, maternity deductions, and regional rental and educational expenses. Want to learn more about your personal income tax in Spain? Link in the show notes. Easter break is over and some people are now back to work. The government and political parties, this is the last couple of weeks before the local elections on Sunday, the 28th of May. In particular, one law is becoming a sticking point back and forth. The only yes is yes law, which is continuing to cause rifts between the parties and the coalition governing group, the Spanish Socialist Workers Party, or PSOE, and United We Can, or Unidas Podemos. On Monday the 10th, Podemos presented its changes to the reform proposed by PSOE, who quickly rejected these amendments, leaving the approval of the reforms in the hands of the People's Party, or Partido Popular. While the coalition battle over the yes is yes law the next story is more of a no-no situation. Master Chefs Spain's producers have been forced to publicly apologize this week after it was revealed that a program recording at the Oceanográfico de Valencia in January led to mass food poisoning. According to the Valencian Ministry of Health, a public complaint by a worker at the Valencian Science Museum revealed that around 44 guests invited to the recording suffered gastroenteritis some being forced to the emergency room. Costly blunder for the world-renowned cooking competition. Continuing with the kitchen heat, but moving to the capital, the community of Madrid government and food delivery giant Glovo have agreed to distribute food at the regional public soup kitchens for the rest of the year. 
The agreement says that 80 daily deliveries will include breakfast, lunches, and dinners per person or for several in the multi-occupation household. These can include several days of meals at one time. However, on weekdays, only breakfast and dinners will be prepared and served on the premises with exceptional deliveries for those who can't leave their homes. Sounds great, right? Well, there's quite a lot of opposition. Because Glovo has been sanctioned for millions of euros due to their treatment of workers, dodgy contracts, employing foreign workers without permits, leading many to question whether or not this agreement is more of a free advertising campaign to show Glovo's token altruism. Some sad news this week, as Spanish writer Fernando Sanchez Drago died on Monday, the 10th of a heart attack at the age of 86 in his home in Castilfrio de la Sierra, Soria, just a couple of hours after his last tweet with his beloved cat, Nano. As a journalist and writer, Sanchez Drago had an extensive career writing over 40 books, novels, and essays. He was also an avid Twitter user, tweeting about politics and all kinds of unfiltered and sometimes controversial topics. In fact, his last public appearance was on the 21st of March at the Congress of Deputies during Vox's second motion of no confidence. The writer openly defended Ramon Tamames, who we discussed in previous episodes, supported him as a candidate, and actively participated in the motion. Speaking of politics, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the president of Spain, Pedro Sánchez, traveled to China at the end of March to meet with President Xi Jinping. Moving forward a couple of weeks, Nadia Calvino, Deputy Prime Minister and Economy Minister, was questioned after her speech at an event organized by the Atlantic Council in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday the 11th. Question. The forefront is whether Spanish ties with China will affect the Iberian Peninsula's relationship to the U.S., to which Calvino said Spain wants to protect the strength of their transatlantic relationship while also defending the trip in March to China. According to the deputy, Spain doesn't want to turn their backs on China, giving it as a, a key trade partner. Still, she assures that they did have frank conversations with the Chinese president over the war in Ukraine while acknowledging a huge shift in direction is underway. Next up, multi-level scam has been revealed this week, targeting mainly Brazilian families. According to the police, two gangs ran football schools in the southern city of Granada, promising to train, house, feed, and get residency permits for young people while guaranteeing they would become elite professional players. In reality, they lived in cramped conditions, didn't gain residency permits, permits and had very little food. Two independent gangs who were linked recruited around 70 well-off families from abroad and charged them an initial fee of over 5,000 euros in monthly payments of up to uh, 1,700 euros per player. 11 gang members have been arrested. Following on from the viral story that caused a debate about tipping culture worldwide, a storm has been brewing this week with people flocking to share their opinion. Who knew it was such a hot topic? According to a recent survey by the media outlet Viente Minutos, quote, American tipping, end quote, is becoming more popular in restaurants and hotel industries across Spain, causing strong debates among customers and hotel workers. Around 90% of people who voted in the poll are against the initiative, saying that the client would be paying the waiter's salary. Some, however, are okay with tipping, just not when it's forced. As pointed out in the viral story, tipping isn't ingrained in Spanish culture. There isn't a minimum or maximum percentage established. Want to find out more? A non-compulsory guide to tipping in Spain is in the show notes. Taking it back to 1000 BC, according to scientists, people were getting high on hallucinogenic drugs in Spain 3,000 years ago. 
Archaeologists have found locks of hair from a burial site in the Eschartix cave in Menorca that has since been tested, showing ancient human civilizations definitely used drugs derived from plants and bushes in the area. The cave is home to more than 200 human graves suspected of having been ceremonial burial sites for about 600 years until 800 BCE, where researchers suspect that the substances would have been taken as part of rituals and ceremonies. This discovery is now considered Europe's oldest evidence of hallucinogenic drug taking. Previous evidence has been based on indirect evidence of drug plants in ancient murals and artistic depictions. And that's it for this week. Your thoughts on the best food in Spain? Types, not restaurants. Let us know at spain at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima.